We recording, we recording, yo, 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 yo. What up, Tank? Man, what's cracking, man? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's Friday, been a long week. Man. It's been crazy, but it is what it is. I'm ready. I'm ready for the summer to be over with, man. Man, who you telling since? Man, you know what? Since you said that, we're going to ride to this Janae Aiko a little bit this summer 2020. Right, BZ, right. you said you leaving the room, right? He said he ain't want to listen to that with us. <laughs> listen to that, y'all. That vibe. Hold on. Let me turn it up a little bit. Man, turn it up a little bit, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. By my side. Something just to vibe Come on. Just vibe to that. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all hear that? Vibe a little bit. No peace of mind. I can't sing worth nothing. Beasy, put some auto tune on this for me. Yeah, put that auto tune on, Beasy. Yeah. As y'all know, man, you know what? I got somebody in here today. Yeah. I got my man Classic. We're going to come through. We're going to talk about his classics. You know what I'm saying? We're going to figure out what's been going on, see what's been up, talk about the past, get into the present, so on and so forth. Tank. We're gonna turn this Janae down for a little bit. We're gonna turn this Janae down for a little bit. Ten. Yes, sir. Through My Eyes with One-Eyed Willie is available on Apple's podcast app or wherever you go to get your podcast. Man, you've been seeing everything that's been going on in the news and everything. Man. Man, you know what's been crazy? What's that? That Beirut joint. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. You see that explosion? Nah, I ain't get a chance to see it, man. Man, yo, I don't know what they was thinking, leaving all them explosives down there, what the deal is, but that was most definitely crazy. Man. You know what I'm saying? But, um, man, hey, we're going to have to figure out what's been going on, and hopefully them people over there, man, everything is good for them, and they, they can get through that, man. It's a crazy time, you know what I'm saying? But right. It is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's real crazy, man. Well, I, you know, I send prayers out to all the families that... Is going through everything over there, man. I ain't heard too much about it. You know, I've been right. ripping and running and stuff, and man. Running. How your week been for you? Man, my week been crazy, man. Yeah. Like I said, it's been hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, man. Ready, I'm ready for the fall to get here, you man. You ready for that fall to get here? That's that's what it is, man. Well, as y'all know, y'all here on the illest... Well, as y'all know, y'all here on the World's Illest Podcast, and it's your boy One-Eyed Willie. And like I said earlier today, I got my man Classic here. We're going to sit back. We're going to dig into the crates. We're going to talk about what everything that he has done in the past, everything he's been up to, what he's doing now, and how he even got to where he is. You know what I mean? So without continuing going on, giving y'all an intro and all that, we're going to get into it, and we're going to see what's up, man. What up, Classic? What's up, man? Man, how you been? Oh, my brother, I'm good, man. I want to say thanks to y'all for having me. First and foremost, man, let's rock. Man, man, how uh, how you been holding up doing the whole coronavirus, man? I ask everybody who comes on the show that because, I mean, that's a big thing that we have going on this whole pandemic. So I like to see how everybody's been holding up. Oh, man, I've been holding up good, man. I, I just, uh, it, it was a blessing in disguise for me, and we'll probably get into that later. But, okay. yeah, I, I've been holding up well. Man, that's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. Um, as you can see, you you here at our little studio. This is, we're in the grassroots stage of uh, of everything. 
Um, this is 25A Networks. It's also 25A Studios. And up under that, we have a lot of different things going on. So, um, as you can see, this is and, and the podcast is one of them. So, you know, we glad to have you here, man. And um, glad to be here. this is something that we also kicked off during this whole pandemic and this quarantine. You know, everybody's off work. Not too much is going on. We was like, hey, man, what can we do? You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, as you know, Beezy, man, he came on board. He's like, hey, let's make it happen. Then, you know, we got Terminator Tank over here, too, man. Yes, that's, the, that's the man who hold it down on the music end, yes, man. Yes, sir. Yes, What's sir. What's with them new records market. you got over there, man? Man, I, I, I got a couple in the cut, man. I've been listening to a lot of underground artists here yeah. lately, man. Man, First you want to know of... what I can't turn off? What's that? Man, I like that. I like that NBA young boy, man. That I, little top. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? I like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I like that song. I like them new cats a little bit. You know what I mean? They be all right. You know what I'm saying? It's a different little, different little vibe. The the whole little music has has transitioned into something else. But today I got my man Classic here. My man Classic, he's on more on your conscious rap tip, and these are the things that he do. How you feel about the state of hip hop right now? I mean, it has to it has to grow. It has to transform because right. the the youth are taking it to another level, uh-huh. man. And I mean, they shouldn't be shown in that because I mean. It's just a different a different form of expression. Uh-huh. I think they should have it. Uh, don't want them to sound like how we did. Right. Even though there's a, a lot of cats that are, are not being heard that are young, that are coming just as hard on the hip-hop yeah, conscious yeah, tip, yeah. too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Who are some of them cats that you think you're listening to? Uh, Concept Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Ja Monte. Um, man, there's so many of these guys. There's a lot of them. Yeah, it's a lot, man. But I know those two cats. I got them coming up on a project of mine called Graffiti Rap. I got both of those guys. Jaws out of Charlotte mm-hmm. and uh, Concept Jackson's out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, before we get into it, man, let's take it back to the beginning, man. That's kind of like how I like to do it. Get the backstory. See how see how everything was for you up until now. So um, let's take it to back to the beginning of the time. Where are you originally from? From Muskegon, Michigan, West Michigan. Okay, okay. What was it? What was, what was it like growing up in Muskegon, Michigan, man? Well, for the most part, man, you know, being a part of a military family, uh-huh. uh, I didn't get to experience that that much because we was rooted in, in moved. You know, okay. pops got into the to the military right after he had me because the type of town we we're in mm-hmm. is, you know, it's not that much going on for you, right, right. Especially young black brother with a child and a, and, a, and a wife, he rooted up. Uh, I think his first duty station was uh, was in uh, Fort Riley, Kansas. And okay. Then he went to Berlin um, for six years after that. Oh man! So I was going out of the country, living my. I was at one point in time in my life, I lived out of the country longer than I lived in the United <laughs> in States. the United States. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, majority of us here too, man. I think a lot of people here in this area were all military brats, so it's the same concept for me as well. I grew up into that whole military lifestyle as well and traveled the world, but I didn't. When we when we went over to Germany, we stayed like two, three years. So when you said six. I'm like, oh, okay. So pops must have been, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Pops must have been important, important brother. Is uh, Germany the only place that you stayed at overseas? Yeah, the only place I've lived. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's the only place I've lived over there. I've been to. Uh, I just recently got back from Africa. Ah, oh, what? For a month. I was out there for a month, man. Yeah, right before the pandemic, uh, my wife is from Tunisia, and I stayed there for a month. Oh man, yeah, October to November. What yeah. what what other place did you just stay in her hometown where she's from, or did you venture out to some we other places and see some things? 
Um, I went all over the country. Uh, we, she took me as many places as, as we could go. Uh, we didn't go to any other countries, but we are damn near by Algeria and we are damn near by Libya on, on with some of the, you know, because we're by the Sahara Desert and uh -huh. up by the Mediterranean Sea. So, I mean, next time I go around, though, I'm, I'm definitely going to hit up some other countries in yeah. Africa. Did you have, were, were you able to go uh, check out any of the pyramids, anything like that? They had a revolution there? going on at the time. Mm -hmm. We were going to go out there, but I didn't want to take my daughter out there where they having a revolution. Right, right, right. So right. we kind of canceled that trip. <laughs> How was sure. the experience over there as far as, you know, a regular American that don't, that don't get to travel? What, you know, what's the difference? How do you Man. can explain that? I think it was a blessing for for uh, for them to have me there. Yeah, you know because to see uh, uh, a black American that's that's not military that's more in tune with the culture as far as what really represents us. Because if they looking at TV and all that, you know they're not really getting mm -hmm. a, a true representation of how it is for us. Other than either if a dude's out there, he's either in the military or he's a celebrity. Yeah, that's not you know that's not right. covering the most of us of how we act, how we interact, and I mean I just tried to represent my people as much as possible on a positive tip. At the same time, I'm seeing my my in laws for the first time too, yeah. so I really felt like you know I got a responsibility to my my people and my culture to represent us the best way possible. But they enjoyed it, man. They were saying, you know, that they didn't even think I was from America. They thought I was from UK. <laughs> they thought I was somewhere else. And I said that negativity. Yeah. You know, looking at TV and looking at that, they didn't even think I was from America. Oh, man. man. That's man. heavy. That's heavy. That's super heavy, man. Yeah. I, that's one of the places that I definitely want to go back to. I definitely want to go. Well, not back to. I want to go to yeah. and visit the motherland. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely. That's one of the trips that I definitely want to take. I want to go in there and see those pyramids. And uh, people call it the um, hieroglyphics, but they are. It's really called the Madunetta. And reading yeah. those things on the wall, reading yeah. those things on the wall, and those stories, and seeing that, like, I think that that's super dope. Um, that's one of the things that I most definitely definitely want to do have you at now say since you said that you went over there to africa um being african-american we are african descent um have you ever done one of those 23andme or any of them dna kits to see what part or where you come from nah i need to do that though yeah. man we I talked about one. it you I did, did one. What yeah. it look like? Um, so majority of mine was uh, Ghana, okay. and then it was the other majority was Ken uh, from Kenya, okay. and then it was a lot of then the other portion of it was was gonna be Irish. So if you look at me right now, like if you look at my beard and you see that red tip, yep. then that's where you know the whole Irish part comes in. At, you know what I'm saying? So, but everything else, it was cool to see all of those other things that were on there. So, hey, I don't. It's another one that you can do though. They said it's um, the African ancestry. Yeah. And yeah, they said that's that a little one. bit better, you know what I mean, than the other one. Because the other one, they just kind of, you know, group you or however they say it is. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I still thought it was pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, you know. But um, what was, so what was your family structure like growing up? Were you the only child or were you know, did you have any other brothers and sisters? I got a sister. My only. Uh I was the only child for eight years, mm -hmm. and then uh, my sister came in after that. But for the most part, you know, it was just me being being the oldest for a while in in different places. So yeah, that's how you know just just you know being a leader and, and just being that oldest that oldest kid for so long, man. You know, moms was uh, pretty much predominantly um, the one holding it down because her mm -hmm. and my pop split. 
okay. when I was in middle school. So it was mainly a single parent home when uh-huh. I started to come into, you know, where it really mattered, like, you know, 12, 13 and stuff like that. Right, right. Okay. Okay, cool. Ready, Bees? We good? Okay. Let me get this back. Cool. So you said your mother was holding it down the whole time. Your, your mother and father split. So what, did, what was your mother's profession? What did she do? Well, she was early childhood development. Uh-huh. And then um, she, um, man, she was working. Uh, at, at, let me, at the time, my pops was stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas. I didn't say that. Okay. He was stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas. That's where he came back to after we came from Germany. Uh-huh. So I was out there. I think the college is called K-State, Kansas State. Okay. Yeah, University. yeah, Kansas State. Yep. And we were at Fort Riley. And so she was working on post most of the time and then she went to school she got her bachelor's there and then she was she was working at like a mental health spot mm-hmm. for like you know mental health people while she was doing the childhood development and going to school at the same time okay yeah. okay so high school is when you really start feeling yourself and um well we all do we really all of us start feeling ourselves when we start going <laughs> to high school what was high school like for you and what classes did you most excel would you say that you most excelled in shout out tdc man they ain't gonna let me live if i don't say that first <laughs> shout out tdc shout out murray shout out sean shout out b fit i gotta shoot those brothers out man we had a legendary <laughs> high school okay man. uh on the real we had we had like eight or nine or um, let me Rephrase and probably like five or six Ivy League students. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like 22 uh, athletic scholarships, me being one of them. Okay. We had a very, the class of 2000, we were very solid, man. Me, always taking a liking to history, even though at that point in time, I wasn't really, I was still on that, on that, you know, I'm trying to hoop, I'm trying to do, you know, get to school. I wasn't really grounded yeah, into yeah. The ac- academics. I didn't have a really good interest for it. And, you know, the older I got, I see, I see why I didn't have an interest for it. Once I finally started to educate and get knowledge, I found out why I didn't have a, an interest in it because it was the way it was being taught. Right. But, um, yeah, exactly. As, yeah, it was, it was how it was being taught. But uh, I was a decent student. I mean, I stayed on the team and all of that. But um, it just wasn't, it wasn't my thing, man. So you hooped in high school? Yeah, I hooped. That was what people know me for mostly. Man. Okay. So what position did you play? I was off guard. Uh, combo guard is what you know my college coach was calling me. He's like, you're more of a combo guard. and But I was a very good shooter. Mm-hmm. And I could ball handle pretty good and you know pass and set up. But mainly because of the fact if I wasn't a good shooter, mm-hmm. I would have no choice but to be a point guard. But the fact that I was a good shooter, he had to, you know, I kind of could play off the ball a little bit too. Okay. You see that man over there? Yeah. He liked the hoop. Yeah. He liked to play ball, too. He said he got a shot. You know, he went to John Harden. You know what I'm saying? He po- they, they said they was supposed to be legendary out there during that time. They had the squad. We might have to throw some shots up. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm so, see, we got a goal out there. I'll shoot. Hey, I'm hooping hey, let's, let's be careful, though. Don't have no kids around because he like to dunk on little kids. Uh, he said somebody got to teach him. Yeah. Oh, right. Man. Somebody got to teach him. Oh, man. Man, that's that's crazy, man. Um at what age did you uh, pick up your love for the for, pick up your love for hip hip hop? Not necessarily rapping, but just hip hop. Man, probably like uh, I, man, I'll never forget, man. We were in Germany, man, and mom's kind of duped me. She kind of duped me, man, because mm-hmm. she she knew. I think I was so being a part of Michigan, man, and being a part of that heritage, man. Because like my cousins and them used to sing on the block. Okay. They used to harmonize on the street. 
and I was more into going that route, man. Mm -hmm. Like I, Michael Jackson, I was all into that. So mom's kind of was like, I'm, I'm gonna switch him up. <laughs> I'm gonna switch him up. So she was bringing in the LLs okay. at that time that was hot. She brought in LL. My dad played, I mean, shit that she didn't approve of, but mm -hmm. my dad was iced tea, too short. Yeah. He was playing all the West Coast music. So I was hearing that all the time. And then she kind of brought LL in, I kind of gravitated to LL a little bit more back then, and then right. I kind of just expanded from that point from on. That. Okay, you know, and that was like eight or nine years old, man. Okay, that's what's up. So you graduated? You said you graduated from high school in two thousand? Yeah, Manhattan, Kansas. Yep. Okay, okay. So then you graduate from high school in two thousand. You just mentioned earlier that you uh, were one of the ones who went and got an academic scholarship yeah. to play basketball, right? Yep. So you ended up going to what school? What college did the, you go to? Uh, the, hoop at? the first school I went to, I went to a, a junior college. Um, it was called Pratt Community College. It's in the middle of nowhere in western Kansas, like an hour and so away from. Uh, from Mm -hmm. from Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, did you go to another school from, yeah, um, from there? I did, man. I did. I went to another school after that. Uh, the coach had got fired. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how that he got happens. fired, man, after he just swore it down that he was going to be there for five years. Right. That conversation was crazy. Him telling us, y'all better do y'all thing because I'm going to be here for another five years. Right. Like, was fired after the season. So how, how how was y'all career out there? I mean, how was y'all season? Did you stay out there long? Did you hoop? What was I got season? hurt. I got hurt in the early part of the year, and that's why I was telling y'all my basketball days are done. Oh, so you got? I hurt played a little. Life. I played okay. after that, man. But it, it was just it it was just a struggle for me, man, to continue to put that through my body because I had a, a partial MCL tear and like a, another partial tear in there, and I rebuilt it. I got it back up, but at that time we were eleven and two when I got hurt. After that, mm -hmm. I think they might have won two or three more games, man. Right. They were in there getting beasted. We had Tony, we had to play against Tony Allen. Tony Allen went to Butler Community College. Uh -huh. It was another dude, E.B. Arai. He went to in Oklahoma University after that. And it was a couple other dudes that were uh, that were dope, man. Uh, this one cat named Bush from uh, Barton. They went to other schools. Uh, only one that went league was Tony Allen, of right, course. Okay. You know, that was the only one that went yeah, league yeah. out of that bunch. But... Uh, it was some ballers, man. It was some, some tough out there. Yeah, so out there. You had to go out there and hold it down, then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Man, that's what's up. Uh, so you you're in the '80s, you because you said you grew up, you you graduated from high school in 2000. So you're a little bit older than me. So we both grew up in that era of beatboxing, breakdancing, doing all of that. At what what attracted you to the culture? Moms, man. Moms was so cool, man. Cool like a fan, bro. She was listening to all that stuff. And then we were going to Michigan every every chance we got, we were mm -hmm. going back home. Travel back home. And yeah, yeah, yeah. My auntie had just passed. My uncle uh, was uh, dating her before before they married. They were listening to JJ Fad, Super Sign. She had the gold earrings with the loop. So, I mean, I just saw the way that they were dressing, some of the girls, and mm -hmm. the things that they were listening to at the time. And, you know, I'm coming from... Uh, you know uh, what we ain't talking about the 80s and 90s in Germany yeah. and then coming back home to that yeah. like Muskegon yeah. Muskegon and Muskegon Heights man is totally predominantly different. black okay. and it's Muskegon Heights got a project mm -hmm. so I mean the, you could just imagine it's nothing but black so whatever was popping at that particular time of music that's what you was hearing in the streets and that's what people were gravitating to as far as culture but you go, you go to anybody's house, especially in Michigan, 
with a barbecue or a get together family reunion, that old that Michigan old school is getting played. Getting played. Motown getting played <laughs> and don't touch it. Right. You touch it and your hand getting cut off. So that yeah, that's how that goes. You don't always mess with that. that. Don't mess with that at all. So you go back to Michigan. You travel back and forth from uh, from Kansas to Michigan, and the hip hop scenes definitely have to be two two totally different kind of like things. Yeah. What was the difference between the hip hop scene down in Kansas at high school, uh, and what was it like for you in Michigan? How, did you did you go to school in Michigan? High school no, in Michigan? I never, I never went so you to never went there. to school, but nope. you, did you have homeboys and stuff like that? Oh yeah. So yeah. what was that? What was their music scene like versus uh, totally the ones different. in Kansas? Kansas was under developed at the time okay. it was pretty much whatever's on the radio that Kansas I think now I still uh, talk to one of my boys out there who's a uh, DJ and we spoke about this DJ Q shout out he just like he said it's still the same like they're just a like a year or so late uh-huh. on anything so right. they get everything late but we were um because I was traveling like I was into the mixtape scene heavy I would come back with the newest mixtapes and stuff <laughs> yeah. they weren't even playing that stuff man so <laughs> You know, they just was real late on everything. Uh, Kansas, I do remember Tech Nine though before mm-hmm. he yeah, got yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Tech okay. Nine came to uh, a club called it was called Silverados. It was in Aggieville. That's where they go party at whenever you know the football team win or whatever. They go to Aggieville in the center of the town, and Tech Nine was performing at a club called uh, Silverados. And I knew that we knew everybody in the town so when we were literally we didn't even know who he how he was going to come in there but we was like this is cat about to perform we were right there in the front watching him and the dude had tremendous energy man mm-hmm. they were vibing to this dude and he put on a miraculous show right. and that was the first time i seen someone from out there really kill it man yeah. and it was inspirational like it, he really went he really went out there i can see why he's gone so far from mm-hmm. that point now because he really tore it up, man. What you think about Tech Nine Tank? He, he, he uh, doing a lot of independent man. stuff, getting that paper. Yeah, he, he cool, but he ain't my cup of tea. He ain't your cup of tea? Nah, he <laughs> just ain't my cup of tea, man. Right, he, right, right. He might have had like one or two tracks that I mess with, but. Energy is yeah. definitely energy, there. He's definitely there. I like his energy. I like his business side of it, too. I seen the documentary yep. on him. I seen when he talked about how he got with his guy who does the clothing line and how they did the brand and how much money they made off of that. Now, his business, his Dude, business geez. side of it. That is different. Yeah. Business, yeah. yeah. But, music, but the music, not really nah, a cup yeah, of tea. Yeah. What's your cup of tea, Tank? Man, I'm, I'm a little bit everywhere, man. Now, yeah. if you want to go like more on the independent side, you know, I like the Zero. Mm-hmm. I like the Trade of Truth. You know okay. what I'm saying? I kind of keep it. Houston. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Louisiana. So, oh, you know, okay. Okay. That, that stuff is in my blood. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and then, you know, I'm, I'm now, you know, Gucci Man is real heavy. So, he's killing it right you now. Know, Gucci Man real yeah. heavy. You already know. Y'all already know, man. I've been pumping that meat heavy. Meek, man. Yeah, I be pumping that meat, so that's, meat. That's, that's that's pretty much up my alley. I'm a whole East Coast vibe. Yeah. Meek, Dave East, you know what I'm saying? All of them. But I do sprinkle in some, some uh, yeah. what you call Yeah. You know. Yeah, I was just, matter of fact, on the way to the podcast, I was bumping the uh, Goody Mob. So, yeah. oh, you know yeah. what my heart is. Goody Mob. Take it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that, we were playing that back in, yeah, we were playing that Goody oh, Mob yeah. back in the you day. You already know it. Yeah. Man. Outcast, Outcast all Goody. of that. Yeah. <laughs> the same same thing. I'll never yeah. forget, I'll never forget being at my partner's house and, um, 
the AT Aliens when we saw the, when the video came out Ooh. when they was doing on me and you. I remember when that came out. Your cousin too. I think I was about five or six oh, years old. strip on folks. Yeah. Coming up, slamming Cadillac dolls. Man, that was my joint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Matter of fact, that was back in what Fort Knox days. Yeah, you already yeah. know we was at Clint that, Crib. Yeah, that was original. We, we right had Clint Crib watching TV, and the video pops up. Yep. I never forget that. We was like, "Yo, what is that?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then it was Outcast because I think from from before then, before then it had been like we hadn't heard nothing for a minute. I want to say the last thing was probably like uh, Southern playlist, Cadillac, yeah. funky yeah. music. It was that joint, but yeah, you always had that outcast vibe, man. But you already know we can get on here and talk about that hip hop junk all day. Yeah. Um, as I was doing my homework, I see you also went to K- Kansas Wesleyan University, yeah. right? Um, and you played ball there too. Yep. Okay, so when you played ball there. You ended up running into a DJ, and that's when you started getting into the music rapping scene, right? Well, do you remember that DJ's name? Well, see, um, I think uh, Andrew misquoted me on that because he for, he left out Manhattan, Kansas. That's where I ran into the DJ. Oh, okay. And um, it, it was uh, DJ K. Sly. It was an Asian chick. Okay. And Q, they were both doing, um, I think it was called DB92. Mm-hmm. And we used to go up there because I was more into the hoop and I had my homeboys like, man, we can go up to the radio station, man, let's go up here. You know, we can spit, we can do whatever. One day I did go with them and we went to, they were performing, they were doing their thing live and we were in the other studio with the records and stuff, you know, scratching. And I think we had the Outcast <laughs> instrumental on, on the record. We were doing that. We had the Mob Deep one in there and we were just in the studio B. Just going, just going live, man. Going at it while they were in there recording uh, the main thing. But that, uh-huh. that's who the DJ was. It was her and, and DJ Q. Okay. So when you get the opportunity to perform live on the radio and you're doing different um, performances on the radio, how did you feel on your initial performance? Were you confident in it? Did you think you needed a little bit more work, or how? Did, what did you think? Man, that was funny, man. That was so. This is a funny story. <laughs> uh, that was DJ Sunrise. He came from. Um, from New York and he was living there and he gravitated to it because there was some dudes, man, which we cool now. My man Chaz, um, he was representing this crew called Bogart Entertainment out there. And mm-hmm. at the time, me and my crew was representing, we were called Wrath Click. And my, uh, my one of my best friends, like a brother to me, he had beef with this dude over some stupid <laughs> shit, yeah. man. I think, uh, dude, uh, we were recording, making tracks, and you know, I never really, I, I felt like, man, I'm not, I'm not gonna be dogging dissing this dude, like, but he would diss him on records, and I would jump on, and I think somehow he messing with a girl who ended up getting, was talking with dude, gave him the CD, he heard it. So, you know, it was some back and forth. So DJ Sunrise felt that energy coming from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. We had did a mixtape track where we just went on there and everybody was going off. It was that, uh, it was that uh, Cameron joint, that, uh, what was that one that he had uh, when he was like, uh, uh, two arms up, touchdown. Uh, that, that shit, you remember that joint? That joint was fire, yeah. man. I don't know. I, I can't remember the name of that. Uh, damn, I'm killing now. myself for not knowing <laughs> that. But uh, 
Yeah, it what? was a, it was an anthem. Joke, was it man. on that? Uh, yes, it was. Come, uh, it was on diplomatic come, community. That diplomatic community. Uh, yeah, Santana was on the hook. Oh, gangster music. Gangster, gangster, oh, gangster music. music. Gangster music. We jumped on the gangster music uh, joint, and he played it on air, man. I was like, damn, he gonna play this, something like this because it had a lot of cussing and shit on yeah. it too. I think he found a way to blank him out. He put it on there, man. And that was the first one. The first time that we were on were on live on the air mm -hmm. out there, man, was was that track. And then I had that led to us performing uh in the uh with I think there was a it was a rock concert. I don't know how the hell we got on this. <laughs> it was a rock concert. Right. We were performing in the city park. It was a nice setting. And we went on last and we went on there and ripped it. And I think a couple of club owners was like, man, you know, I need them to come on, you know, come over here and do. But I was all into the hoop and I was getting ready to go hoop, hoop okay. that, that summer. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm about to play ball, man. You know, it, it was good. So I was just deflecting those opportunities at right. the time. man. So you were more focused on your ball career yeah. than you were on the, yeah. on the music. You yeah. see more that you see more of a. Uh, a, a career in ball than you did with the music. I, it, I was just more invested and more invested, more into, invested that. into the basketball. Yeah. I've been to camps. I had, you know, I had evaluations and you know been been around with numerous coaches. And if I didn't have the good feedback, then I would have went somewhere else. But I had good feedback, had good like feedback, you know, yeah. you go ahead and you need to go pursue this this dream of yours. Right. That's yeah. what's up. Yeah. Oh, you a hooper, hooper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was in I was deep, man. Right. I was really in there like that. So later on you in your music career you would go on and then you would start creating mixtapes. Do you remember the name of your first mixtapes? And did that mixtape have a lead single on there? Uh the first mixtape, I would say the first serious mixtape. Because it's a lot of mixtapes. But mm -hmm. I would say the first one was um The Phoenix New Sun Three. Okay. Um no lead single off that really, but uh, that was the one that changed everything for me musically mm -hmm. because we had, um, I had just went out to Phoenix, my mom set up shop out there and I went out there too, just to kind of get the vibe for it, see if I wanted to stay out there. And at the time, Black Wall Street was real big on the West Coast with Game and Game had an artist in Phoenix, Arizona named Juice. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was riding out there to go, I was like, man, I got I got somehow I got to find a way to, to meet some of these black Wall Street cats and get my music out to them. And I ended up meeting Juice in um, Chandler, Arizona at a gas station by the uh, Chandler, uh, uh, I think they call it, uh, it might be a different name now, but basically the Chandler Mall. I saw him in there, recognized uh -huh. him, and it was right uh, 2008 All-Star All Game in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So I, I handed him the mixtape and you know didn't think nothing of it and he ended up contacting me back and he was like yo this is dope this mm -hmm. is real dope man we need to do some work together and i'm thinking like mm, you know whatever but he was real about his word man i ended up getting with him on that you know recording the salt mine studio which everybody in the game that goes to arizona records at sam salter studio okay. the salter family is real big they got little wayne plaques on there the carter Key, uh, uh, Alicia Keys. Okay. They got big time. So they doing some. They doing some things. Yeah. So how did you end up in Phoenix? Moms, once again, man. Her her education, her background. She got work out there for the state. <laughs> okay. And she was doing CPS out there at the time. Mm -hmm. So you know when she got that opportunity, she always like, hey son, I'm about to go out here. You know such and such, and somewhere you think you want to be. Yeah. And I want to hear. So I ain't never lived out there, but my college teammate. Uh, Vo, 
was lives in LA. Okay. So I was like, you know, at least I'll be closer to the homie. So I'm gonna go out there, man, and, and just see what I could do. And see, at least I can, you know, get with him out there in L.A. Right, right. Make the trips to L.A. to go yeah. check him oh, out when you was out I there. I did with. plenty of trips out there. Yeah. yeah. So, Out West has a totally different vibe. Um, did you like it? And how did you adapt to that environment when you got out there? The West Coast is love, man. If it wasn't for the West Coast, man, I don't know if I will still even be doing music. <laughs> oh, yeah? You know, yeah, because they just gravitated to a lot of my records, man. And it kept me going. And just the creativity. Uh, you know, this is when... I think Ju Juice and Kendrick got a record on his um at that time he had a he had a tape called Position of Power. Okay. And he had did a deal with Amari Stoudemire, which I didn't think was a good deal to do. Uh -huh. And he was still with Black Wall Street. And Amari Stoudemire and them was pumping uh Position of Power and then he was also doing stuff with TI like as a consultant with Grand Hustle. Okay. And I think he had a track of one. He had actually passed me a track for Young Dro. Mm -hmm. I still have that record. He was like, man, just pay me later on that classic. And I, I just never, it, time had passed and it, the record wasn't even, I don't even think it'd be really relevant today. Right. You know? <laughs> so you out there in Phoenix, Arizona, and you said you, you're recording at the, um, I want to say Salt Mine yep, Studio. Right. So you're out there at Salt Mine Studio and it's a lot of artists who come out there to record their music. Did you ever bump into any of the artists while you were out yeah, there? Yeah, the first day I got with with with, uh, with Juice, there was Game had a, a, a show at Celebrity Theater. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because I went to Chandler Mall so many times, man, but the day I'm with him, we're in the Macy's. He's dapping up some short dudes, man. He's dapping them up. And then he's like, yo, this my man classic. And I'm looking at in this Jagged Edge. You know, <laughs> Jagged Edge, they're dudes, they're real short, man. Real short. I dapped them up. I was like, you know, what's up? I had met, I forgot some, it, it, I had met like three or four different celebrity people uh -huh. that, during that time frame because that All-Star game was out there, too. Oh, so everybody so was kind of out there for All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend. Yeah. And then I ran into some cats, too, when the Patriots was out there trying to go undefeated. Okay. They had the uh, Super Bowl out there, too. But during this particular time frame, um, me, him, Stat, a couple other people, because uh, I was going on shows with him too. And Amari came through, brought the maid back through and all that. We went to, uh, I think it's Casa Grande, they had a show out there, mm -hmm. a couple other cities around Arizona. And I'm right there chilling with Stoudemire and you know everybody that, that was involved with that. All the local, on the come up, artists from Arizona that a lot of people really don't know about. Yeah. But I was around these guys. Like okay. They were seeing, you know, it was like, oh, okay, you know, this cat right here, yeah, this is my man Classic he's from Michigan. Da, 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 da. So I was getting a little, you know, known by being seen and being, being around on that there scene, Yeah, being on that. Yep. Did any of those guys out there ever go on to do anything, anything major? I think my man Hannibal Leck, he's done some things out in L.A. Okay. I've, man, is he Hannibal Leck? Why have I heard that on a battle rap scene for some Might reason? Might Hannibal got that bars, sound familiar. Man. Sound familiar. Very familiar. Bars, man. Hannibal got bars. Them dudes go forever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He, he, he nice, man. That's big bro right there. <laughs> you ever get into the battle rap scene? No, nah, I never really got into the battle rap scene, man. It never really was my thing because I. that's why I kind of adapt the moniker Pin Game Classic. Because my thing is right, and I can outright anybody any yeah. day of the week, man. So I kind of just stick to my strengths. Okay. And I just think game that. strong. Yeah, that's all that's I, 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 stick I like to that hear. I, I like to hear. So that. how do you how you feel about music today? Or what's going on I like with hip hop and stuff? I love it, man. I think it needs to be that way because I'm I'm real deep into the uh, hermetics, and you know we talked about Africa earlier, and I mean when it comes to 
how we've all started. I'm going to try to keep this as narrow as possible. We're made to evolve. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the opposite when you're looking at hip-hop. I'm more of the historian because of the fact that I've lived in places where there's a lot of history taking place, Germany right. and all this. But I know as far as for us to grow, we got to evolve and change. Like That's a part of the yeah. African process. That's a part of who we are. Yeah. So I'm, as I've gotten more into the knowledge and in tune, it's helped me kind of look at our youth and evaluate them differently. Because it's not, I'm not evaluating them like some old school hip hop head hater, like how oh, they doing this about <laughs> right, music. Right, right, right. And that. Shit, we were doing that. We when the kid and play movement, they were doing. We were doing that. They picked up on that too. It was mm-hmm. just different artists, but they were doing the dances and stuff like that too. They were doing that back then. And I mean, what kid and play and them was getting called sucker. They had they had people that were dissing what they were doing. Right. You know, at that time, some of the hard hardcore rap. I think it was a hardcore beef. Hardcore rap beef and dance rap beef mm-hmm. had, had gone down in the 80s and 90s. So it's the same thing, but you see it evolved to the golden era of hip hop. Yeah. So sir. these dudes are doing this now, but there's a lot there's a lot of underground cats from the East Coast that are coming. These dudes are young and they I mean Yeah, they coming. Whew, they coming. Man, they got some serious bars and they're not rapping about, you know, the uh the the one the five percenters. And these dudes are coming with hermetic knowledge, man, and just they're really in tune and eyes open to everything that's going on. So when they're getting on the track and spitting, if you conscious, you like, oh. So, 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 yeah, so I was going to ask you, break down to the listeners what her- hermetic knowledge and the stuff that they're talking about actually means. So that way, you know, if you. they go check them you. out, they can understand I what you're you. saying. What it basically is is that. Uh, like we, we were talking about the hieroglyphics and stuff earlier, yeah. and you you pronounced it the uh, I think you said meta the 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 medunetta yeah all the meta netta that's heard the it original that way too. that's the original terms for it because right. when the conqueror and I saw this when I went to Tunisia because I know you was like you want the pyramids I actually in in admired my wife's country because of the fact that you could really see the presence that mm-hmm. Rome had in the world okay. The second largest coliseum is in my wife's country, 45 minutes from my wife's town. Mm -hmm. And the entire world is second to the Roman Coliseum, and it's in Africa. You know, they got so many Roman things built there because the Mediterranean Sea is there. So when they take over a country, they they try to take over the northern part because you go to southern Tunisia, and it's a lot of dark people. See, we could talk. They conquer the southern, the northern part enough to be like, okay, we got this under control. And then they know the other part won't rebel. So that's why there's lighter skinned people yep. toward the top of the mm-hmm. Mediterranean. And as you go down toward the Sahara, it's darker. So that goes that goes back into talking about the whole Suez Canal and that being yeah. man-made because it was a way for them to come. It was easier for them to travel and come up through the Suez Canal and that's come right. down and, and do whatever they needed to do. And that whole Suez Canal is man, is a man-made thing that was made for port and trade and do all, all of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, we could talk about that all day. I love, I, I love that. Right. That's my, that's that's the stuff that I love. But then it goes back to what you said. That's why when these people from Rome come up, you have, and they come up, and then now they intermix with these individuals. Now you have these lighter skinned that's individuals. Right. You know, and what that I'm hermetics saying? is just original terms for any type of knowledge, rather it be because they didn't have religion. There was no term for it, mm-hmm. but they had principles. Right. You know, they had the uh, Kabbalah or Kabbalion. Sorry, the Kabbalion. Mm-hmm. 
seven, uh, you know, the, the uh, I'm trying, I might misquote it, but you had the seven energies, you know, the, everything that the principles that we had, like the basic expression of the basic way to break it down is when uh, you got a, if someone came here, it's cold right now, and we had, you know, someone was walking outside and it's raining and stuff, one of us is going to be like, yo, man, you, you know, you think you need a jacket? You don't need to read a book to, that was more for, you know, we could talk about that all day. That was more for the mind that was barbaric and didn't have the tools to know this is how I treat somebody else. Mm -hmm. The Africans already had that in place. So they didn't need a, a quote unquote religion to teach them. They just already had principles mm -hmm. in place. And then hermetics is just a term okay. for this wide, broad of thinking and years and years of putting stuff together from going, you know, the 40-year school mm -hmm. and stuff. It was just, that was a term for it at that particular time to make it long story short. So what you reading right now, man? Because I know you reading up on something. What you reading? Uh, what you You getting some I'm game or something. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to check out. My thing is I'm into the, uh, I want to go back. I'm looking at the Kabbalion right now, and I want to go back to the, uh, to the language. I'm trying to learn more of the languages. Mm -hmm. When um, when I can read something, I can break down the original meaning because right. I feel like we're getting misled with these mm -hmm. words. So I'm I'm thinking like, okay, well now I'm gonna go back, learn some of the ancient, you know, some of the African words that were first. Because mm -hmm. if you're copying something, you have to get it from something. And I'm trying to learn all the earlier words to break them down. So when I'm reading something, I can be like, well, that's a verb. Like J, for instance. And J wasn't even in existence mm -hmm. because Oh, yeah, with no the J sound. So, and, and we had this conversation not too long ago. I'm glad that you brought that up. So there was no J sound back then. And the J sound came doing the whole Council of Nicaea. Well, I'm not going to say the J sound, but then you have the Council of Nicaea, Nicaea. that yep. takes place. And then that's when Constantine brings that's all right. of these individuals in and this big thing happens. And then this is where we get the formation of all of these different things. And the that whole uh, Council of Nicaea was to make Christianity more like among a wide range of individuals, right. correct? That's right. I just want to make sure that I'm on point because no. that's what made sure I read that. You, and right. we had this conversation not too long ago. But now that we're on Africa, we had this conversation too. And um, I had asked, I had talked to BZ. I was like, do you, I read one time that somebody said that Africa is upside down on a map. Have you ever heard that? Due to the way that the Nile River flows. Because the Nile River flows from, um, it flows from... Uh, south and south north. north. Yeah, because it really draw. It, when I'm studying this, it's like Upper Egypt, and I'm thinking mm -hmm. Upper. And when it's really lower, is the is really what we would look at and consider Upper. That's right. really Lower Egypt. So, with your wife being from Africa, was has she heard that? Or have you ever asked her a question like that before? I'll ask her a lot of stuff, and she won't even know. She won't yeah. even know. She won't, but she knows that. She yeah. knows that part of it. But a lot of this stuff, because she is um, Tunisians, which I learned. Americans would consider them as Arabic, okay. but they are really Berbers. And when I went there, we went to a couple Berber villages, and I've had some of the elders over there really break it down and tell me that they're, if you look at Berber on Google, it'll tell you it is an indigenous people that are from Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt. And if you're talking anything dealing with Egypt, that's blacks. Yeah, he's black. Yeah, Indigenous yeah, yeah. means people yeah. that were there first. Original, so yeah. They are a mixture of everything that came through that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely. Y'all dropping a lot of knowledge <laughs> on me, man. I'm yeah, that's a lot, I'm that's a lot of, of yeah, that's a right lot now. of gems. It's a lot of gems <laughs> in that. Um, but you know what? We got to pay a couple of bills. We're going to get back to it. 
We gonna be right back Make sure y'all check this out And we gonna get back to this We gonna pause real quick Hey, are you a creative personality Or a sports analyst Who wants to record your own podcast For the world to hear? Well, let me tell you Buzzsprout is the route you wanna take What they do is amazing And I hate for you to miss out You'll get a great looking podcast website Audio players that you can drop into other websites Detail analytics on how people are listening And tools to promote your episodes Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform Such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more If you sign up for a pay plan You'll receive a $20 Amazon gift card Which helps our show So hey, what are you waiting for? Come on over and join 100,000 other podcasters Who are already using Buzzsprout To get their message out to the world Peace Okay y'all, we are back from the break And just like the uh, commercial said If you guys are looking to start your own podcast You can go through buzzsprout.com And make that happen Um, We hope that you all want to do that And if it's something that you want to do Come check us out at 258 Networks And maybe we can help you out But let's get back to the show with my man Classic Classic, now... You went from you went from Michigan to Kansas down to Phoenix, Arizona. Now you're here in Kentucky. Why the transition here? Uh, well, once the marriage, man, marriage and life. Because, uh-huh. um, like my man over here said, with the uh, with the, with the likings that he was involved in as far as Houston and stuff. I actually left Arizona because that real estate market crash hit. I had uh-huh. lost a job. Uh, it was just tough, and my mom's was like, you know. Your cousin just moved down to Houston. It's better work out there. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just try to go to Houston for a minute? And I went ahead and went out there to Houston with one of my cousins. And then, ironically, my father was doing um, he was doing contract work okay. in uh, Afghanistan. He had came back and got a house. And me and this guy never really meshed. But you know, I'm figuring I'm older. You know, whatever. He needed a favor. He could. What it was is kind of kind of okey doke me. He needed somebody. <laughs> to have to be there for the homeowners association because he couldn't have the house go under as a business. Okay. He needed to have somebody there. So he actually needed me to be in that house for him so he can, you know, so he can technically own that house. Right. So I had to be involved from the signing of it, everything. So I went to Houston uh, for, for a time being, and that's where I had kind of met my wife. She had visited me out there through a friend uh, that she knew that was on a foreign exchange program, and they were in D.C. Okay. They worked at the Liaison Hotel. It's right by Capitol Hill. You could literally walk outside the hotel and go right down to the Capitol, about 10-minute walk. Mm-hmm. And I went up there. She was coming from Germany at the time, and she was like, uh, you know, we had talked. We started vibing, and she was like, you know, um, to, to surprise me, she took an internship in D.C. And I was like, oh, you don't really know D.C. like that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you just picking up and moving to D.C.? Like, yeah. you know, so I went out there a few times. And then as we eventually gelled and started, you know, building, we ended up getting married out there. There's some years in between this, too. Uh-huh. We ended up getting married out there. And then after that, realization hit we can't live in dc yeah you know it's minimum for the minimum it's 80 90 thousand yeah you know just to be able to just consider yourself minimum out there so my mom and my mom and my stepfather who i'm really close with was out here on fort knox okay and they had uh he retired and he's working up on on fort knox still so i figured i had already been i had came and visited here one time Mm -hmm. before that from la 
I flew out here to visit my mom and then I went back to Houston. So I kind of got the vibe of how it was. I knew it was going to be an adjustment from going to big city to coming here. But I knew being a married man, that's the, that's where I needed to take it. I know I needed to come here, slow myself down, get serious, and recharge and go at it. So that's when we came here to uh, to uh, Radcliffe area. Okay, so you come here, you and your family settle in. Um, you you and your wife, y'all have kids together. We have one daughter, uh, Zarina. She's three years old. Okay, ZZ. So you, okay, so you got shout out to ZZ. Shout out to all the babies, man. We, know we gotta <laughs> represent y'all for sure. So you um you and your wife, y'all out here, y'all settled down in Radcliffe. How has Radcliffe in the state of Kentucky been treating you? Great, man. Like, it's weird because coming up, like, I could never... One dude that I ever met at one of my colleges, a white dude named Caleb King, mm -hmm. he always told me, man, oh, man, you need to come on down to Louisville, man. <laughs> you know, come on down to Louisville, man. We got some holes out there. And I know it's... But, you know, we in college. So that's right, what right, we're right. talking about. And I'm thinking yeah. like, Louisville, what? Yeah. He's like, no, nah, man, for real, for real. We got some... And he was a white dude. He was like the prototypical... When you think of a quarterback, mm -hmm. that's dude. 6'5", Tom Brady type dude. Yeah. You know, he's like, man, our black girls out there. I like black girls. So I was like, okay, there must be something. Is this tall white dude <laughs> liking black girls? There must be something going on down there, man. Right. So, you know, that... Uh, when, when uh, I got here, I saw what he was talking about. I saw like how Louisville is pretty much its own state, and then everybody else is kind of it's dependent on the colleges that you go to, yeah. and then that network is thick. But Radcliffe, you know, when I first got out here, I linked up, you know, with Bread Boy, and you know, um, that's really the only only really click that I've really ventured with out here. Dame later. Mm -hmm. Dame came later, but it was really Bread Boy because that's what I needed somewhere to record at, and Bread Boy was right here. I think uh, my man uh, that I worked with, uh, Desmond. Desmond hooked me up because I ended okay. up working at uh, oh, Finish Line. I know Desmond. Yeah, Desmond's an alum for yeah, yeah, you, man. I, yeah, yeah, and I Patrick. Desmond. I went to uh, we went to school together. We went yeah. to church together. As a matter of fact, I went. We went to college together too. Yeah, that's what I said. Desmond, yeah. Patrick, man, them guys, man. man. Patrick from Finish Line. Yeah, P. Moore. That's my guy. Man, that's my we guy, man. I went to with Patrick. Yeah, P. Moore, man. What's up? <laughs> that's baby? my hey, Patrick. So, cool, uh, man. He kept all the fresh, <laughs> he kept all the fresh kicks back in the Western, man. All of them. Oh, no. Man, you don't you don't want to say that on here, man. He go with cheesing from ear to ear, man. He's gonna be happy to hear that. I, hey, every time I go up to Jay Marl, I run into him in the finish line. You know, yeah, yeah, that's my man. Yeah, Patrick, big time. So Desmond introduced me to Bread Boy, uh -huh. and I was kind of using the connections that I already had in place in all these other states, and I was able. The Midwest was really where I needed to be in the first place because I'm with Michigan, and then I can go to so many different places. Being in all these other places, I couldn't really do that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was doing my thing. I got on a couple tours where I was going out of state, Ohio, uh, Indiana, and doing stuff in other states. And then when I was here, I was pretty much recording my music on some quiet stuff. And yeah. then I'm going out of town doing everything. So nobody really here knew that I did music. But yeah. then, you know, so that was really how it was. Nobody here knew. They thinking me at the finish line working. <laughs> they not even thinking about me doing the music except for them. Because I was, they even, I had a tour and they had a show at that spot that burnt down. The Mexican restaurant. Oh, wow. And I had ended up, I came off the tour and in, in had a little intermission between dates. And they were like, man, we got a little, you know, spot over here. You want to come through? I'm like, 
bet I'm on, I'm on there, you know, because I'm fine-tuning, getting ready, and I'm like, I'm there. So I'm glad that you invited me to that spot because it Look, don't even exist. Look, no more. Easy back there, man. Easy back there. I love it. Now he's connecting the dots. Yeah. He's been connecting yeah, the dots man. for a long time. I think it's People divine. don't know what Beasy do, man. He's a fixer. Divine, man. I think it's divine with me and him, man. Like, I didn't know he was setting this up. <laughs> yeah. Like, everywhere I yeah, it's he, him. Like, he's he connected, man. Yeah. He is connected, man. Right. He in the mix. I was going to ask if you found somewhere to record, but obviously, I see that you started recording over there with Breadboard, over at Breadboard Studios, the 25A Studios, and doing your thing. And uh, the 25A Networks is a branch from the 25A Studios. It's just to move forward with some podcasts and stuff. Yeah, more okay. media and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, um, I'm pretty sure that you know, but last week I had DJ Slick on the show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, have you seen what DJ Slick does for the, uh, hip-hop community in, in the state of Kentucky? I kind of look at his grammar a little bit. We kind of sent messages back and forth, but we haven't had that formal introduction mm -hmm. where he knows who I am and I know who he is, like, man to man, like talking eye to eye, face to right, face. Right, right. But I've seen his work, you know, what he does on, uh, isn't he on the radio too? Yeah, he's okay. on the radio. Um, He's on the radio. He's also does satellite radio. Yeah, he's doing something. Um, he's doing a whole bunch of different things. I know he does the serious, he does the serious, but he's also on the, um, the other new station that they have up there, not 96.5, but the other one. So Slick is definitely doing his thing, but then they also have, he also has the Elite Chance, and then he has the award show that he does as well. So Slick is definitely one um, to get in contact with. And he also does this uh, thing called uh, Booth Action. That, okay. That, that is kind of dope too, that you know, that you could check out. So, yeah, also has the Kentucky Urban Entertainment Awards yeah, too. Kentucky Urban Entertainment Awards. So yeah, that's something he he's definitely big. He's definitely big, bro. Something that you could check out too as well. Um, but you know, that. as you know, at here at Twenty Five Eight Networks, we got a lot of different things going on too. So we gonna tap through. We gonna make sure that uh, you tap into that too. Yes, sir. So your style of hip hop is more on the conscious side. Has that always been your uh, style from early nah. on? I said something you grew into. Nah, man, that's just what what motivates me to to rap. Like, if I go and I can write about a lot of stuff dealing with that because the information's already there. You know, you're you're writing based on history or whatever. That information's there. Mm -hmm. so all you gotta do in writing for so long, I can come up, I can write albums on that. But when it comes to the other stuff, like another thing that uh, a lot of people don't know. The female tracks that I make are dope too. Like that's what people used to know me a lot for back in the day. Okay. And remember, to the from the essence, the LL was what pulled yeah. me in, in the first place. <laughs> so that is a lot. That has a lot to do with it too. And then I do my pen game tracks where I just kind of just display, you know, that I got, you know, I can move the pen around on the paper a little bit. And I just go for what the beat really tells me, and I go from there. The beat kind of tells me a vibe, and I try to write to that vibe. So so it's felt with the listener. Do you think that conscious artists get overlooked when it comes to mainstream music? Definitely, because that's why I felt like I had to have other stuff to write about. I couldn't just be considered a conscious rapper, even right. though I want to be like that now because I got a daughter coming up in the world and I don't want her to listen to stuff and not gain something from it. I don't got to just make solely conscious records, right. but when I'm doing that, I want to let her know, like, okay, my dad's really talking about something that's meaningful. So do you like the Kendrick Lamars and, and the J. Coles and the conceptual um, albums that they come out with? Yeah, I think uh, um, Complex, or Complexion, uh, Black of the Berry, the Sweeter the Juice, uh -huh. the, the outro at the end of that, 
uh, the intro at the beginning, he was dropping j stuff that's way over people's that's heads on that. That's how you can listen to the Kendrick backwards. Yeah. You yep. can listen to it in reverse. It's one of the best albums I've ever heard. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, album. it is dope. It was the Pimper Butterfly, that's right. Yeah, I love that. That's definitely dope. So recently you released that, uh, your latest project, and it's called The Loner. Yep. Um, and it features seven tracks covering mental illness. Now, mental illness is something that isn't taught talked about often inside of the black community. What made you want to tackle this in your music? Because I was going, I, it's, I kind of based it on what I was going through at the time and I had gone through some depression, uh -huh. but I mean, it, it's everybody goes through it. But right. something just told me, why don't I just write about this? You know, kind of just put it in perspective, try to use every experience that I could imagine and just put it on one album and also be therapeutic for me to get through these moments that I was going through at that particular time. Mm -hmm. I had just gotten back from a tour with uh, Landon Wordswell. We did a well-worded tour. Uh, so we did South Carolina, we did Knoxville. Uh, we were in Charleston, South Carolina, and then we did uh, Champaign, Urbana, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And I, something just hit, man. Like, I don't know what it was, but it hit me like bricks, man. And that's when I started writing that album. And I knew like, okay, this is gonna be meaningful. Like, it's gonna be something different. I hadn't wrote an album that was like that before. So I was like, let me go ahead and just try this. I took my time on it wrote it, you know, took like a whole year to mm -hmm. just kind of just dissect it and go from there with it. Okay. Okay, man. I know it's taking a whole year to come up with that. You probably had, you had a lot of things that went into that. You had a lot of time to pull some of those things together. Um, let me ask you this. On the topic of mental health, why do you think that talking about mental health is a big issue when it comes to that black family structure? Because with the black family, we look at um, the the uh, prototypical black family it's looked at as a weakness if you got you're talking about going to some counseling you like my boy ain't nothing wrong with you or girl please ain't nothing wrong with you you're talking about some counseling or we we just look at that as a white person thing mm -hmm. we don't do counseling we don't do that because right. we we tough we we got to go out and deal with with the stuff that we just kind of know the cards that we're dealt and we know being coming up the last thing we want to do is look weak to st when you step outside, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that kind of conflicted what you have to be go what you have to go against if you already coming out being weaker to quote unquote society. So right. we just overlooked that whole mental health thing in right. a whole. Right. So loner. When I when I look at the title loner, um, I think of somebody who may be an introvert. Yep. I consider myself an introvert, extrovert. You know, I can okay. go by myself be on my own but I can also roll in a group with a group of people and it still be cool too you know what I'm saying um would you say with loner or just period would you say that you're an introvert definitely at times because growing up living in places where I didn't speak the language or yeah you know, I was old enough to you know when I'm in Germany I remember I had some uh some uh, I, th I think I had the uh, infrared sixes on I'm out in Berlin my dad you know he had to be so bougie and not stay on post and stay on the German economy. So the uh, the buses stopped running at a certain time. You got to get on the German buses to go. To, you know, I had to get on the German buses to go home. Man, I thought these kids was trying to jump me. Yeah. But they were kept pointing at my shoes. Some German kids, and I, I had on the infrared sixes in '91. <laughs> yeah. So I knew they were talking about my shoes, but I couldn't understand nothing that they were saying at the time. You know, so. Just being like that, I had to be up by myself a lot. Yeah. And, and that's that's kind of what, the, you know, went into that loner is that I can go in and survive solely just to myself. 
Which what, what you think? What, what about you, Tank? Introvert, extrovert? How you think you? How you think you are? How I go up mood. Yeah. Whatever mood I'm in, you know what I'm saying. However I'm feeling at the time, that's how that's how yeah. that's how I operate. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm, my mood is everywhere, <laughs> and my vibe is just everywhere. It's just how the Lord wakes me up in the morning. Yeah. That's how sure. I wake up. For sure. Know? For sure. On Loner, you work with producer Castle Beats. Yeah. Um. Now he made all of the tracks on he there. He made everyone. Yeah. Um. What made you want to just roll with his sound? Me and him have been working on um a tracks that I had um I think we did a record called Soul and Me together, and I actually took that out and performed that and, um on a lot of those tours and people were feeling that um and I knew that was that record was about police brutality uh -huh. so I kind of you know we kind of built off that like man let's make a whole album together you know I like like the route where we're going so he's out of Buffalo New York he's done a lot of artists he did a, a Sky Zoo track with me too called Beat Bullies he produced that. Okay. that we put out um too so we just had good chemistry together we're gonna make another one too he wanted to make a loner too i was like uh can't duplicate that <laughs> do something different right so um i read when you were doing your interview with uh the news enterprise that you looked inward and you when you created loner and you wanted to take some of your life experience and put it into your music and bring that bring those things uh to life um so anxiety depression how would you, how did you cope with those things and what advice would you give somebody who may be going through that? How could they, you know, use, what, what, what could they use as an outlet? I just try to take the mistakes that I've made, uh -huh. the things that I did not like about myself at the particular time and be real. Like look at, and really evaluate myself as a person and rather it was the drinking at the time or you know, indulging in, in, in the drugs or just anything that I was in. I wanted to be, they're not telling y'all, you know, if you're drinking out there, not drink. I'm not trying to tell anybody to not do anything, but it's in moderation. Right. It shouldn't be, you should be in control of your circle, your square, your environment, your universe at all times. That's a part of the disciplines that you should learn and that you should be, you know, fully conscious of at all times. And I knew if I was going to change into the person I wanted to be, that these demons and stuff from the past had to go. And it was kind of like a milestone point for me, like, okay, after this, you have ascended to, you know, where, to, to the next level to where you will be. And, and this is what you have to get past. And I chose to use my milestone in life and turn it into a creative, artistic thing to kind of, since I'm involved in music, I can always listen to it and be like, this is the point where I took a step forward in this and, and went on the path that I'm on now. Okay. So uh, social issues are a big thing, and you like to address a lot of social issues in your music. Um, when you have addressed these these issues and you talked about these things in your music and you released them, has anybody ever came back and say, "Hey, your music made me change this," or "Your your music made me think about this in another way"? Yeah, I had a white dude in Charlotte in Charlotte in Charleston on that Well Worded tour. He came up and he was like, "Man." I was really listening to listening to your song, and I don't I don't remember exactly what song it was, but he told me he's like, you know, it made me think about my life, mm -hmm. and he says I was making six figures, I was married, you know, I had the whole dream, and I was not happy. He's like, you know, my wife she divorced me, she got half of everything. I, I was just so glad that I had my boat, and just listening to you gave me reassurance that I'm going down the right path because I'm happy at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Gave me a fishing car, said, man, we out here catching marlins. You ever in Charleston, 
we'll take you out on the water, man, get you, you know, get you out there. And I'm just looking at this dude like, you know, he was buying me drinks all night. He was a little lit. Yeah. But, you know, they say that truth come out. So I'm like, this brother has something on his chest that he really got to get out, you know. And that was one of them. And there was a couple other people that came up. A lady in Houston had came up to me one time when I performed with some cats out there. Shout out to Centop. Shout out Show. Um, Critical. They, she came up to me and she was like, you're going to be special. I like what you're doing. I like how you do how you do your music. You're different. You're going to be special. And she's involved in some media. I never had contact with the lady again, but I've had people, random people, just come up to me during performances and stuff and be like, yo, I really appreciate what you're doing. I like the route that you're going with it. That's what's up. That's what's, what's up, man. Is, man. That's, that's always important for people to um, take something from your music and, and be able to, to you know, it evokes change. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. I also read in your interview that you said that you are looking to work with the new guys in hip hop who are ascending, not necessarily the older guys. Are you not into the older rappers or are you just looking more or less for that new fresh sound? Nah, I think uh, that's another, you know, I, I always watch these medias and wonder how they twist things around. <laughs> now I see it. You I see mean, he, he, he actually really wrote down what I said, but that's not what I meant. Okay. I meant more uh, at, at, for the album that I was working on, the graffiti rap that I was looking for, that I was looking for the younger breed of hip hop. Okay. Because realistically, I can't afford the older cats that I want to rap with. <laughs> you know, or if I try to get at them, I may not get at them. I may not be able to get them, but it's ironic mm -hmm. because if, where we stand at today, I've had contact with Jada Kiss. I've had, you know, I've been on the Jada Kiss uh, Back to the uh, Streets Volume 4 mixtape. I was on one of the Benny Butchers, uh, Benny the Butcher mixtapes. And then on the 16th, I'll be on the New Styles P mixtape. Let's go. Ghost Bars. So, I'll be on that one. So I got three tracks on three, three mixtapes of known artists. I've chopped it up with Jada Kiss, you know, plenty of times, man. And he's like, man, anytime you need something, just hit me. You know, whenever the budget is there, I, I know who to reach out right, to, right. you know, but at that particular time, I was just saying for graffiti rap, I kind of wanted a fresh, new, young hip hop, because I want to stay in, I want to be able to be relatable to every age group and every genre, you know, in every genre, man. Now that, um, now that Loner is complete, what's next for classic? Graffiti rap, it's already done. I'm probably going to have that out for y'all here, probably by the... August, probably in September or so. But uh, graffiti rap, I got um, my cousin Miraculous on there. Uh, the whole thing is being produced by uh, a producer called Who Is Banks. Mm -hmm. And then I got uh, Ja Monte and Concept Jackson on there. And then the rest is just me. Okay, okay. That's, That's what's up, man. So we're going to be looking for that soon. We're going to be looking for that here soon. Um, where can people... Find your music out. Shout that out. Shout out your social media. Um, give your give your your handles, all that. So people can go check your music out. You can hit me up. I'm mainly on Instagram, y'all. So if you go on Instagram, Pin Game Classic, and my link is in the bio. I got one of those link tree accounts that'll just touch you up with everything. You can go to every link. All yep. the the music I is from there. So <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that because yeah. that's how you can get to everything. So I don't really have to say all the handles. If you go there, all the handles are already within that link. Tank, you got anything else? Man, I've been sucking up so much knowledge, man. You appreciate it, brother. Lost, you know, <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. Because I haven't heard that, that much game in a long time. So 
Appreciate that. I can't man. wait for the project to come out, so I'll definitely be looking forward for it. Man, my man. man. Classic. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank Thanks you for, for having for me. tuning in and checking us, checking us out. And I'm, before I go, I'm going to leave y'all with this. The world we live in can sometimes give us a distorted view. Here, it's all about having a clear view through conversation. So thank you for tuning in. You now see classic through my eyes. Peace and blessings. Through My Eyes with One-Eyed Willie is available on Apple's podcast app or wherever you go to get your podcast. Podcast.